Welcome to Episode 9 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I am your host, Kim Schlag. Today's guest is Leslie Hooper. Leslie is a fat murderer, badonkadonk sculptor, black belt ball buster from Louisiana. If you're interested in learning more about the psychology of fat loss, if you want to know how your behavior is the key to losing weight, if you're interested in how your words can change your mindset, if you want to know how you can help your kids develop a healthier relationship with their body and with food, or if you want to have your opinion that pants are totally overrated and definitely optional, validated, then you should give a listen. Hi. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good. Thank you so much (laughs) for joining me. Of course. I was all of a sudden wondering if maybe you weren't in New York and you were calling me from New Orleans and we had a time difference um, issue. So are you, are you calling me from New York? No, I am actually currently in New Orleans. Yeah. You are, but you did know when I said one, I meant Eastern. Okay. Good. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was all of a sudden thinking like, wait. <laughs> no, I yeah, schedule everything on Eastern because that's kind of where my mindset is. All my clients are on Eastern time. So that's where my brain is always on Eastern time. So we're good. Okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Thank you so much for being here on the Fitness Simplified yeah, Podcast. I am thrilled to have it have you here. I have to tell you, I love your Instagram posts. I look forward to them. I think they are so valuable. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to see um, happenings in my brain actually like come out. And the infographic thing in particular, um, I was really reluctant to get involved in. You were? Yeah, it was not my natural inclination. Um, I was kind of moved in that direction by a business mentor when things were hot. Um, and so he kind of encouraged me, Jordan Syatt, to yeah, check it out, dip my toe in the water. And so I did and I started rolling with it. And yeah, it's just completely taken off. So I'm really excited about it. But it, yeah, it's it's wasn't a natural thing for me. I definitely kind of strong armed him in the beginning about that. Yeah. Yeah, I was hesitant to do them as well. <laughs> Actually, Leslie, I didn't mention to the student when we talked, uh, Jordan is my coach as well. So Jordan's been my coach for a couple of years. Oh, well, that's been, great. Yeah. So he was, he's been my powerlifting coach. He's my business coach. But yeah, the infographic thing to me, I was like, I'm not an artist. That's not really kind of what I do. I'm not really technological. So, I, but it, you know, once I got started, it's a great way because people can see it and learn from it so easily. That's what I really like about it. Like, right. Can, it's a... It's a soundbite piece of information, right, that you can swallow and digest and move on your way. But it's, it's challenging now because obviously a lot of people are doing it. Um, I think, however, it's a great resource for those. And, you know, it's nice to be able to share it with other people as well. Um, yeah. I just think they're a great teaching tool. Absolutely. Um, which is why I like them. I have to tell you, your Instagram bio uh, made me giggle. Um, <laughs> I, think, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, fat murderer, black belt ball buster, and badonkadonk sculptor. <laughs> Do yeah. tell us some more about those things. <laughs> um, well, the fat murderer thing, I mean, I definitely work with clients to help them get into their dream body. I think um, anyone who follows my content understands that I am not about quick fixes or fat loss overnight scams kind of thing. I'm very much into, uh, I guess you could say the psychology behind 
fat loss and why we continue to struggle. Um, so fat murder is definitely a big part of what I do in conjunction with kind of helping people understand why uh, fat loss has been such a uphill climb for them for the last, mm. what, 20, 30, 40 years. And then um, black belt ball buster. Yeah, I think people who follow me kind of get the notion that I'm very direct. <laughs> I grew up with four brothers. I don't really beat around the bush. I'm not really one to sugarcoat or coddle my clients. I'm really more interested in um, getting results and getting to the prop, like the solution to the problem, right? Yeah. And giving them the tools to be successful. And then, um, but donk donk, yeah, who doesn't want like a big ass? <laughs> I feel like we all do, right? And so, yeah, I definitely have um, some testimonials and clients who I've helped really transform their ass in that arena and my own for that matter. So, why right. not, right? We'll Who doesn't like the words? For some tips there. <laughs> so tell me this. Um, I think it's what you said about coming from this idea of being interested in the psychology behind fat loss is evident in the content that you create. How yes. did you come to that? Do you come from a psychology background? Where does that come from for you? No, I just, I'm not somebody, it's not that I come, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been a very interesting topic to me just whether it listen whether it be through like human body language or dating or how we interact uh, with co-workers I mean it's just always been fascinating to me to see the dynamic between humans um, and so obviously with my background being somebody who's struggled with fat loss in my own life it only made sense that, that would be something that appealed to me so, um, because listen, most people don't really have a hard time um, understanding or lacking information with fat loss and how to make that happen. It really just boils down to the implementation. Like we mm -hmm. get it, we have the information, but it's why is everything else in my life going so well? I have this amazing career. I have a mm -hmm. husband and or wife and children that I love and like everything's going really well, but why am I struggling so much with this one thing in my mm -hmm. life? Like, you know, people come from successful backgrounds. They go to school for eight years and still struggle with fat loss. And, yes. you know, they accomplish all these amazing things in their life, but still really can't get a handle on this one thing that really seems so simple on its face, right? Just like quit eating less or so much food. Yeah. And um, so and naturally, we all know it doesn't, it's not that simple to implement. It's not at all. So I started kind of getting more into what's behind that. The 95% of people who keep filling out fat loss, that doesn't interest me. I only want mm -hmm. to know what the 5% are successful, like what they're doing. And so that's where I poured my time, my energy, my money, my resources into mm -hmm. discovering what those 5% who are successful are doing. And that's how I uh, created my, my program. And so ultimately, yeah, that's like, I'm not interested in helping people lose weight for a, a trip to the beach or yes. to, for a wedding or that, that does not uh, mm -hmm. appeal to me at all. I'm just more interested in like the long game and how to get people into like the best shape of their lives. And like literally the last time they ever have to think about fat loss again, so they can, get on with like the stuff that we all really enjoy. Because like, that's what, that's what we all want. Nobody yeah. wants to constantly be 
be having to rehash this. Well, I definitely want to talk to you more about that in a bit then about what are those 5% doing? What are the things? But first, so tell me this. Um, you mentioned that you have struggled with your weight in the past. Is that how you came to the fitness industry through your own like weight loss journey? <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, listen, I was not by any means an overweight kid or even, I mean, there was just this, um, I grew up an athlete, right? So four brothers means that they were into sports and the only way I could get them to kind of pay any attention to me was to do what they were doing. And these are older brothers. So just by um, my environment, it made sense for me to kind of participate in what they were doing. And so I started getting more into playing sports and that just evolved all the way through college. And then uh, when I got out of college, it was like, no more team sports, right? So I kind of had to find ways to be active on my own, which was different for me because I had never really taken that initiative. The team thing was always like a no brainer. So um, I always thought that working out looked kind of cool. I envied that strong athletic body that I'd see on oxygen magazine covers. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, maybe I can like explore that a bit. Um, So I got into that. I was not overweight at the time. But I ended up working with an online coach who put me on one of these super restrictive pre-contest diets that actually was not a good fit for me. I was not ready to tackle something so restrictive. And it really opened up the doors to a binge eating behavior that I had never experienced in my life. And I actually started gaining weight because of the binge eating, right? And I was not overweight in the first place. It was just um, me trying to get like lean. And like I said, ultimately kind of have a competitor-ish body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I started gaining more weight and it was just like the most frustrating thing ever. But then once I kind of opened those doors and I associated that with like fat loss success, because that's what I was seeing on social media and my Mm -hmm. on my feed was kind of all these competitors bodies and you know everybody was kneeling their diet obviously because they all look flawless Mm -hmm. and I felt like such a loser because I couldn't stick to it consistently (laughs) so that's interesting so you came into it not overweight began to gain weight because as a reaction to the restrictiveness and then immediately looked to those diets as the way to get out of it yeah, I didn't know because especially <laughs> back then, nobody was talking about like emotional eating or binge yeah. eating. It was like very much swept under the rug. It was like this deep secret. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not like a cool problem to have. It's not like right. having too much money and like, you know, I mean, so it's just me with this. Yeah, right. Nobody was talking about it at the time. Um, so I just felt like it was very much a flaw within me. And if I just mm-hmm. dug a little deeper, if I just had a little more willpower, if I just you know, it was a very uh, negative mentality that I was in at that point in time as well, because I was a failure. And it's really hard to do kick ass things in life when your head, I mean, is basically up your ass. And so I didn't know how to get myself out of it. And it took some time, for sure. And And at that point, at time, I wasn't like working with clients or anything. I never really even tended to get into the fitness industry. It just fell in my lap. Okay. uh, Because I um, was starting to put out content because for my own, like, um, you know, people kind of create content to like track their own progress, 
Yeah. And post things that kind of resonate with them. We don't want to like annoy the hell out of our friends and family on, <laughs> on Facebook. So we kind of move over to Instagram where it's a little bit more socially acceptable to post pictures of yourself in your underwear in front of a mirror. <laughs> and so like, that's kind of what happened with me. And then um, the, yeah, then I just started attending fitness conferences and I started like building my side business as a side hustle and it just turned into a whole thing. But yeah, ultimately, fitness was not my direction in life. It certainly wasn't anything I went to school for. And yeah. so when you were, so you go through this binge eating, it's getting worse. What was it that brought you back out of that? What helped you to kind of turn the corner and be successful and then think, oh, I have something I can share here? <laughs> the truth? Uh, I quit yeah. dieting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I was just like, this is complete. I don't know. Can I swear on your show? It's like ridiculous to me because um, I was not somebody who was binge eating or had a disordered relationship before I started dieting. So I knew that the two were related, but it was really hard for me to pull myself out of it because I was in the rabbit hole. Right. And I didn't know what direction to take from there because um, again, my mindset at the time was very much, there's one path and you're failing at that path. And ultimately, I was just so sick and tired, like frustrated with the fact that my whole life, everything I did was consumed. I was obsessed with like eating how many calories, like food was no longer enjoyable, right? It was all mm -hmm. about like, uh, it was a very stressful situation. Going out with friends was super upsetting because like, um, I didn't know how many calories were in the food and I felt out of control around the food because mm -hmm. it wasn't quote unquote my Tupperware food. And so yeah. finally I just got so sick of it. I was like, you know, actually nothing can feel worse than like how I currently feel. So I don't care if I gain 20, 30 pounds because this shit is miserable. So ultimately I just quit dieting. And then I was like, wow. Um, a few weeks of giving myself permission to eat what I wanted. Yeah, I definitely overdid it a bit. But like after a few weeks, the novelty wore off. The sugar wasn't really calling me anymore. I started craving healthier foods. And then I started like losing weight. That's the ironic part, right? It was like, um, it was the dieting that was causing me to feel deprived, restricted. And so that by extension had me overeating. And once so I eliminated like that, yeah. Eliminating the deprivation. Yeah. Seems like, like the big key. Right. Anytime you feel def like deprived from your favorite foods, it's, it's a no win situation. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. So, okay. So then tell me this, what are the 5% who are finding success? What are they doing? Give us a, the, the top. Oh, I things. mean, I love how you're saying it like it's this big, deep, dark secret or like, oh, you know, come I on. Have... It's, got to, it's got to be a secret. You found it like in the rainforest somewhere, right? It's like some special ingredient. Yeah, it's like what no, it's truly what nobody wants to do. You have to quit lying to yourself and looking for quick fixes. It's really about slow, boring, unsexy habit change. And it has to be small. We're talking baby steps and very incremental, progressive. Um, and it has to be so small and simple that you feel like you're succeeding. Because as you know, failure is not very motivating to keep moving forward, right? Yeah. So it really has to be a 
case of acquiring small wins along the way. And then um, that's motivating. So it encourages you to keep moving forward. So ultimately, like it really just comes down to behavior change, but like in a strategic way that allows you to get deeper and deeper into a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. Um, But look, those, sorry, 30 day challenges, 12 week programs, eh, not my thing. You got the wrong girl. When people come to me looking for that, I tell them straight up, I'm not that person. This takes a lot longer than you think it is going to take. And honestly, like, especially if you have a lot of weight that you've gained over the years or some really unhealthy habits that have been passed on to you from your family early on, like you're really having to rewrite your normal. And that's not an easy process. Yeah. So do you think that building the habits, do you think that like the education piece is a part of it? Like learning, I know for me, so I was super, super overweight for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. I tried like literally every diet you can imagine and, um, you know, kind of gained and lost the same weight over and over and over. And um, I remember like when I first realized like that it was a problem was when I, I had the most success with Nutrisystem. And I'd lost like 40 pounds. And then one day I was like, I just can't eat this food. I can't, I cannot <laughs> eat another, like I had, a, I just bought a yeah. new shipment and it's expensive too. And right. I got up one morning and I went to open it and I was like, I literally can't eat this. And in my yeah. mind, I was getting close to where I thought I wanted to be anyway. I'm like, it's totally cool. I'll just like not eat this and I'll just like take what I've learned and like, you know, kind of like go on my own. And it took me a not very long time to realize I hadn't learned a darn thing. Like I literally just knew like open the cupboard and pick a red (laughs) box. And I was like, how can that be? Like I lost all this weight. Like, why don't I know anything? And I gained 20 pounds back like right quickly. And um, it was after that that I realized like, I got to find a better way. Like this isn't working. This isn't working. So do you help your clients then with the education piece as far as like what works for fat loss along with the habits? Of course, I would have no value otherwise, right? Like people can read a book and um, do their best to implement something on their own. But I think there's a lot of um, value to have somebody kind of guiding you through the process, hold your hand, make sure that you don't go too far off track. I think that it's necessary to stumble and fall because that's where the teachable moments are. Um, But ultimately, it's really helpful to kind of have somebody holding your hand who's been there before and walk you through the process. Um, Of course it's educational. That's I'm kind of like laughing under my breath at your experience because it's just so predictable. You know what I mean? Like anytime we kind of look outside of ourselves, I think we're setting ourselves up for to be reliant on outside resources instead of kind of turning inward and identifying that this is actually a me problem Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to figure this out on my own. I don't, and look, those those programs in particular are very much designed to make you reliant on their products, right? Like- yes. Well, absolutely. Well, that's how they make their money. Yeah. Right. So, so they need they needed me to keep needing them, which is exactly why um, calorie def like marketing calorie deficits doesn't work, right? Like nobody's going to sell that. That's not sexy enough. So yeah, we have to repackage a calorie deficit in the form of like shakes or like these meal plans or whatever, Um, instead of like, again, kind of turning it inward and being like, all right, I need to develop these skills on my own. I need to be like a self-sufficient adult here. Um, The responsibility, we kind of pass it off to Weight Watchers or Nutrisystem or or whatever else. 
Yeah. And in doing that, all those marketing campaigns have really confused people because when it comes down to it, I mean, I know that you know this, like what works is actually really simple, but what has been put out there for so long seems so mysterious. Like it feels like it's unattainable, like somebody has to tell you the secret. And I remember feeling that way for years and years, like looking like, where is it? Like, I haven't found it yet. Like it's, it's out there and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> And like feeling like so discouraged. Like I remember trying Garcinia Cambogia. I wanted to try it. And I was so upset because a medicine I was on like counter, like interacted with it and I couldn't take it. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to miss out on the thing. Like that's the thing. And, and I know people feel that way. They, because it feels really mysterious because of the marketing that has gone on with all of these various diets. It can't possibly yeah. be, it can't possibly be simple. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more comfortable when we get to lie to ourselves and say it's like our slow metabolism or, or it's our age, right. Instead of actually acknowledging that um, we're the ones to kind of blame here. When you actually look at the, the research and the science, um, it's a convenient excuse and escape. And so I think, yeah, it is easier to kind of always be looking for the magic thing, which is, right now, maybe keto and intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. just based on the messages that I get. And mm -hmm. I try to tell people like, look, of course, you can lose weight eating in that manner. All it is, is a strategy to get you into a calorie deficit. Um, and if that works for you and your lifestyle, so be it. But like, ultimately, the responsibility is still your own to get into the calorie deficit. Yeah, you seem really comfortable calling people out on like the crap excuses <laughs> that we all use. How do people respond to you? Like when you do that with your clients or like maybe somebody who like is interested in working with you, like how do they respond to that? Are they like, yeah, thanks. I, 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 I see where you're coming from. Well, when they or, get results, they obviously like it. Right? Or they're more like, screw you, Leslie. <laughs> well, listen, I don't think that people are going to um, reach out to me to work with me if they feel like they can't handle uh, my direct nature. Yeah. Some people really respond well to that because the truth of the matter is most people that have been trying to lose weight for a decade and beyond have been completely diluting this, like the shit out of themselves, right? Like they're yeah. so caught up in their excuses. It's kind of nice to have somebody in your, and look, I know when to be um, delivered tough love, but I also know when to be compassionate mm -hmm. because as I mentioned earlier, I have also struggled and I get it. Like it's, this is really tough. Um, so I'm not like a hard ass all the time, but like when, <laughs> when people blatantly like clearly need it and they can't see it because they're wrapped up in it, mm -hmm. that's when you kind of have to deliver the tough love. But I tell you every single time they thank me because they come to me. Be the truth of the matter is that they want to improve and it's yeah. hard to improve when you have these certain mental scripts that you've kind of subscribed to your entire life, like, um, like I just mentioned, like the metabolism yeah. being like, slow and like, uh, I can't thyroid. lose weight. Yeah. Any of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that's not the problem. Let's talk about tend, the real problem. Do people is. tend to want to cling to that still for a while? Like, it, no, it's, it's my thyroid. It's my metabolism. It's my age. It's my genetics. Like, is it, is it hard for them to get past that? Yeah, because it's uncomfortable, because yeah, that means suddenly <laughs> we have to confront the fact that it's actually none of those things. It's our inability to kind of take responsibility for our own failures. You know, yeah. it's, it's really comes down to that. It's, 
people want to lose weight, but when it actually comes down to doing the work, it's, yeah, it's like roaches scattering. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I find it so, um, it's hard to hear that uh, from pe- for people to hear like, hey, it's it's not your genetics, it's not it's not your age, it's not. Your, it's hard, but honestly, I feel like it's freeing. It's like gives yes. them a sense of like, wait a minute, if it's me, I can do something. Like if it's the choices I'm making, if it's my behavior, right? If it, I can actually wait, I can actually affect that. I don't have to be a victim here. And so I feel like when people kind of get it, that. Um, it's, it's the moment that's freeing for them when they see that they can actually make change. Well, that's what I love so much about my clients that come to work with me because they're ready. They know what they're yeah. getting themselves into. They're not seeing my content for the first time, right? Yeah. Like they've been dieting for a decade and they're pissed off and they're frustrated and they don't know what <laughs> else to do. And so yeah. they really kind of want me to sock it to them. Um, because they're done lying to themselves and I'm more than happy to help them with that. I think that's fantastic. And I don't see you like, as you're talking, I don't see you as one of these like old school, like, um, boot camp instructors in people's faces. Like, I I don't want people to get that impression. I don't feel like that's the kind of tough love you're talking about here. It's not that way at all, at all. Um, because listen, I feel like fat loss is just, or like the eating, I should say, emotional eating is just a byproduct of like what's going on in our lives, which is generally like very traumatic and painful things for people. And so they're kind of using food, obviously, as a source of comfort and and soothing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like um, I am wagging my finger and like judging harshly at like their background, right? Because that's really where a lot of this stuff stems Mm -hmm. from. And you have to be very kind and compassionate to deal with people who are acting out of being in pain. And that's yeah. what a lot of this really comes down to is like people are hurting and they're using food as a way to s- soothe themselves. And so it's like, yeah. okay, w- w- let's talk about this pain, kind of like give it some room to breathe. So s- food isn't always the solution for you. Let some yeah. of that out. And then like, let's also talk about some strategies, some ways to kind of help you deal with this nighttime eating or feeling out of control around sugar, or like the weekends, why is that spiraling out of control? Like mm-hmm. what's going on on the weekends so that we can help you um, be more consistent and look more like the weekday. So it's not that I am by any means some boot camp instructor that does not appeal to me. I'm not a yeller yeah. at all, but I am interested in helping people conquer their dreams and so I will give them tools necessary to do so and like I said it's not about the fat loss that's just the byproduct so like helping people Mm -hmm. get into um jobs that they love right if you're Mm -hmm. miserable at work and you're spending 40 50 60 hours a week at a place that makes you miserable then that's Mm -hmm. what we that's what I'm talking about with my clients we don't talk about food a whole lot because food is just the byproduct right that's just the tool we're using we talk about what's going on in your day-to-day life and how to manage that stress very interesting yeah so you know you post a lot about as we've talked about about various like habits and behavior changes that people can make and I 
I just grabbed a couple of them and I wrote them down. Um, and they're not like my favorite one of your posts per se. There's just so many good ones. I just thought we'd kind of, I'd kind of read sure. through one or two of them and we could kind of, kind of hash it out together. Cause I think it's just good stuff for people to hear. All right. So this one, there was a picture of a toothbrush and it said, if you forgot to brush your teeth, you wouldn't give up the next day. You'd brush your teeth and get on with your life. Talk about that for a minute. <laughs> it sounds so silly. Of course, that's we wouldn't do that. No, right? I'm just like, well, it's the classic black and white, um, all or nothing mentality, right? Yes. Where people kind of subscribe to the notion that if we've had one slip up, one instance of overeating, one candy bar that wasn't planned, one missed workout, then our life is suddenly in shambles. And what's the point in moving on? Yeah. Until tomorrow. And then tomorrow it's back <laughs> to the bro- broccoli and chicken, right? Yeah. We get to like punish ourselves. So I just try to kind of highlight the ridiculousness of that. We're humans. We're imperfect beings. There's no such thing as perfect eating. There's no such thing as a perfect diet. Um, you wouldn't drive down the road, get a flat tire, and suddenly, like, stab the other three with a knife. Abandon your car on the side of the road. You know, it's just, like, completely self-sabotaging. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like, uh, so that's all that is. It's just kind of highlighting the ridiculousness of the all-or-nothing mentality. It's, like, look, we all screw up. Big deal. Yeah. Keep going. Like, who cares? I find that that takes a lot of practice for people to master not having that all-or-nothing mindset. They hear it. I'm sure if people saw that, if they'd be like, okay, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then if you make that correlation to their, their nutrition and exercise, they'd be like, okay, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. But it takes a lot of practice to, it does. to overcome that. Um, yeah, well, that's why in my program, we talk more about emotions and the behavioral psychology than like eating, right? Yeah. Because like we do need to get past that immediately so we can move on to the fat loss stuff yeah because that's just sabotaging your fat loss ultimately um so you know i think just shaking people by the proverbial shoulders and Mm -hmm. um giving them a little bit of awakening because there is no room for two missed instances i feel like you make a mistake big deal keep moving forward but the second one is a choice Yes. And so we're not choosing failure. We're choosing a step in the right direction. Right. Yes. You know, Leslie, I posted, I reposted that exact um, graphic you just talked about where you talked about if you make one mistake, you know, don't make two in a row. Um, Otherwise you're making a choice. And I posted that and I had the craziest reaction. There were a lot of people (laughs) on there. You should take a look. There were a lot of people on there who were mightily upset by that. Um it was interesting to me. And I said, I don't think you, I don't think you're understanding. Like, you know, it's just a way of saying you don't have to, you don't have to wait till tomorrow and get sucked down in guilt and like restart later. It's just a matter of if you, if you make a decision, if I eat this way now, I will, you know, I'll make a better choice next time. And people were really upset by that. They thought, they thought it was harsh. They thought it was, um, they thought it was leading to eating disorders. They thought it was really restrictive. And I thought it was so interesting that people would have that yep. kind of response. Do you have that? Did you have that kind of response in the comment section to post like that? It, listen, I post a lot of controversial stuff. I don't like controversial like, was the interesting thing. I know. Well, <laughs> listen, me neither. But like, I guess it, any, like I said, anything that makes people skin crawl, make them uncomfortable. I get a lot of that on my page. And I laugh about it because ultimately, I mean, you could literally see it in my follower count. 
like my numbers will be climbing and then I'll post something that makes a bunch of people feel uncomfortable and then like I'll lose a bunch of followers like I don't care like it doesn't bother me because I'm not doing this for people to feel comfortable I'm doing it to help people change I'm not trying to be popular yeah I'm just telling you what needs to happen for you to be successful so if that makes you uncomfortable you're not ready for my message yet you might be in a year or two Mm -hmm. two years three years whatever but like right now is not your day and that's cool because you might come around you might not yeah um but yeah I always uh I mean that post in particular no I had a lot of support on that post because I think honestly it's kind of a no-brainer right like why do we want to reinforce self-sabotaging behavior I thought it was a a go. I did indeed think it was a (laughs) no-brainer all right here's another one change your words change your mindset and then you listed a bunch of different things I'll just give you one I can't do this change it to what else can I try talk about that a little bit about changing your words to change your mindset Oh, well, this is a big part of my coaching program. I'm always calling my clients out on their inner dialogue because we know every thought turns into an action. Mm -hmm. And so if our immediate thoughts are self-sabotaging or negative in nature, then Mm -hmm. guess what our reality becomes? Yeah. So anytime I kind of hear somebody saying um, something negative about themselves or their ability to do something or... Yeah, like the can't words, Mm -hmm. or like we said earlier, these kind of self-sabotaging scripts we have, it's our genetics, it's our, Mm -hmm. our age, you got to cut it off, you have to stop it immediately and rewrite the script. You know, one of the first um, things I have my clients do when they join my program is we all kind of have a belief about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But a story in our head. And for most people, the story has been fat loss, failure, fat loss, failure, fat loss, failure. So what I have them do is spend a few minutes sitting down and writing out, rewriting, I should say, how their story ends when they lose the weight. Like, what does that look like? How does it feel? What are you wearing? Who are you hanging out with? Like, where are you going? You know, to really envision a life that's different because I think for most people, we're so stuck in the failure aspect that we don't actually take the time to feel and experience what a life on the other side of that would be like, which is really why people, what they want, Mm -hmm, right. mm Is it's not the fat loss that we're chasing. It's the life that's awaiting us Mm -hmm. on the other side. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. These are powerful things. I really believe that. I know one that I, a couple of things that I talk about with my clients a lot are not saying I can't eat that. I don't like when people Mm -hmm. are, you know, like, Oh, you know, my friends are serving me pizza. Oh, I can't eat that. Or even thinking I can't eat that. Right. And I always encourage them to say, like, if that's not going to be part of their, their food that day to think instead or to switch it, if they hear themselves thinking that I'm choosing not to have that right now, I might have some pizza right. tomorrow, but I'm choosing not to have that right now. Cause I think it's way more powerful to, to say like, Oh, I'm doing this. This is the choice I'm making rather I can't eat that. It's like something that's being done to me. Like I something I'm being forced to do. Yes. And I, I think it's important. It's a, it's a huge game changer when we give ourselves permission to have something, right? Because yeah. we've been telling ourselves no. And if, listen, if you ask somebody, when they hear the word diet, what's the first thing that comes into their mind? It's always negative. All the things stuff, I right? can't it's have. Restriction. Yeah. It is all about restriction and deprivation. And I can't go out to a happy hour because it's not on my meal plan. And I can't, you know, travel without feeling out of control around food. It's just all these this negativity that pops up but ultimately when you give yourself permission 
you're in control. It's no longer the food controlling yes. you and calling the shots. Yeah. Or the diet controlling you or the coach right. you're working with controlling you. It's you. It's you making the choices. And I, I think it's so important. So speaking about diets, you did a post on diet culture. That's a word that I hear a lot these days. And I think a lot of people aren't really familiar with what exactly that means. What is it? And what is the effect of it? Uh, why don't you talk about that for a little bit? What is diet culture? I mean, can we actually get away from it? I feel like it's everywhere. I feel like it's commercials kind of pumping these um, 100 calorie yogurts and snack packs down our throats. Mm. I just feel like the message is clear that women should be thin. Um, we see it all the time in marketing. And so ultimately, um, I think it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like the idea of telling us how our bodies should be to appease like society standards, right? Because truth be told, we are all individuals, we have different bodies, different shapes, different sizes. And so kind of pigeonholing us and telling us we need to appeal to society standards is not a very realistic goal for most people. Um, and nor should it be, right? So yeah. I kind of take issue with that. And I take issue with the marketing and just the way that it's very much designed to make us feel bad about ourselves. Um, that's their whole get up. I mean, we don't, people who feel good about themselves just generally don't buy a lot of products. Mm -hmm. So they first have to really hone in on your insecurities and then basically tell you everything that's wrong with you. So then you'll run out and buy their product, mm -hmm. which they just magically happen to have to solve all of your problems. So, I mean, there's a lot of that goes on in society, I feel like. Um, and to me, I just want people to feel like um, you're good enough. You don't actually need to make, or I should say, appeal to like this certain aesthetic ideal. Mm -hmm. If you want to lose weight, awesome. Um, but like, let's do it in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're a loser and um, lacking value because you can't fit in a size two or you have a little cellulite, like yeah. all these things that are actually like completely normal about women, right? Like you have wrinkles. It's just like, I'm not into it. Yeah. So as a fat loss coach, do you see yourself as part of the problem of diet culture or part of the solution? <laughs> I ask you this because I've been told that I am a part of the problem. Um, <laughs> because I'm curious to know why people think that you're part of the problem. <laughs> because they think that anybody helping someone to lose weight is part of diet culture. Yeah, except the problem is, um, I feel like people who are severely overweight are not happy people. I don't know that how you could get to a place of being morbidly obese, obese and still be like happy with yourself because I really believe that our body is a reflection of how we feel inside. Mm -hmm. And so I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that I'm, I'm not suggesting that there aren't elements to you that can be happy. Mm -hmm. And I know this is like a super controversial topic, but I'm not afraid to own it. Um, I just feel like it's really hard to be in a place where you're in an unhealthy body and have a healthy mind. Mm -hmm. So you feel like health at every size is a difficult thing to wrap your brain around? No, I feel like you can still be overweight and working towards like a healthy body and mm -hmm. both are okay. Um, you can be in a healthy mindset, but I just feel like there's no way that somebody could be 600 pounds and be happy with their lives. Yeah. 
I personally just feel that people, people's goals are people's goals. And if someone wants to lose weight, I personally am thrilled to help them do it in a sane, right, in, not- in a sane way that helps them still feel good about themselves where they are now and gets them to where they want to be. Um, exactly. But not, but not everybody feels that way. So I was just curious. Well, that's the thing. If people come knocking on my door, right? Like I don't go out looking for people. I would never approach somebody (laughs) and say something. Would you like my service? Yeah. Yeah. I would never say anything like that because ultimately I think everybody is, is kind of going through life and we're all just trying to like, um, we all have our obstacles. We all have our own personal battles. And some people's just happen to be an arena where it's more visible to the mm-hmm. public, where other people have issues that are a bit more private, right? And aren't like on a blast all the time. And so I respect um, all bodies, absolutely. And wherever people are at in their own personal journey. But ultimately, if people are coming and knocking on my door, then I'm going to do everything I can to help them be successful. And actually, I do work with a lot of people Uh, who need to lose 100 plus pounds because these people understand that it takes a real Mm -hmm. habit shift in their lives. And so um, I'm kind of that person to do that. Yeah. Because it's, I'm not about the quick fix, right? Mm -hmm. I'm about long-term sustainability. Love it. So you're a mom of a teenage daughter. How old is your daughter? 17. 17. So is she a senior or is she younger than, is she a senior in high school? She is a senior in high school. Wow. That's a big moment. I know. My oldest, my oldest is getting ready to turn 18 and he's in college. He, this is his first year of college. So that's a big transition. Um, (laughs) so do you worry about the impact of diet culture on your daughter? No, you do not talk about that. We don't talk about bodies. We don't talk about anything and like it's just a non-issue I mean obviously she sees me every day she um has been able to witness my relationship with food and how healthy that is and when she was younger we kind of educated her on the benefits of eating in a nutrient-dense diet Mm -hmm. um but do I tell her that she can't have ice cream cone or a candy bar no Um, Because she has a very healthy relationship with food. She eats everything. And so how have you helped her to develop that relationship, a healthy relationship with food? Well, like I said, I really think it comes down to being a good example and Mm -hmm. having the dialogue. And we cook together. We make an effort to cook together one night a week. And it's always pretty much 100% whole-based foods because that's just like an activity that I like to do with my daughter once a week. And we've been doing it since forever um, because that's kind of how it started was like let's pick out a recipe let's go to the grocery store you can help me prepare it I mean like these are life skills that she's going to need long after she moves out of the house with me right so yeah that's just kind of a a skill that I wanted her to have however the exercise thing has never been her thing and that's fine um, I don't give her a hard time about it. Like I said, we don't talk about bodies in a negative way. We actually just really don't talk about them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, she's never really seen me diet. Cause even when I was dieting, I wasn't like talking to her about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I kind of knew that that, that would be damaging mm-hmm. because I've always been in like interested in the psychology thing. Right. So Um, I always just kind of kept it to myself, but she's always been a healthy eater. It's just like not a non-issue. We don't even talk about food or fat loss in our house at all. 
And so today, I think it was today, you put up a post about how obesity is a family issue. Was that today? I think that was today. Yep, that was this um, morning. Yep. So what you're talking about here seems to be kind of like the reverse of that. So she has this very healthy mindset about food right. and you have one as well. And so it seems like it goes both ways then. So if you have a person who's able to eat healthy and not obsess about their food, then their children can have that same kind of relationship. Is that kind of how you, you kind of see that? I mean, essentially we, the numbers show that, right? Like if one parent is obese and their child is 50% more likely to be obese. And if they have two parents that are obese, then they're 80% more likely to have an obese child. I mean, you can't really argue with the numbers where the kids are obviously learning these habits from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's obviously buying them the food, uh, yeah. haven't accurately taught them what portions should look like and maybe have a bit too many instances of fast food in their lives and dining out and not educating them on like the benefits of cooking meals at home that offer a bunch of value to them and their health. So yeah, I mean, it's especially nowadays when everybody's just on the go and eating is more a matter of convenience Mm -hmm. than like actually uh, taking the time to educate our kids on what's going to be beneficial for them and setting them up for long-term success as they become adults. Like it's a big problem. Yeah, it is a big problem. What would you say to parents who are um, starting to set out to lose weight, they are trying to get healthy, but now they are going to be, um, you know, changing up the food that's in the house. Um, How do you have a conversation with the kids about that? Do you just have them watch as you as you make the change and see what happens? What would you say to people who are in that situation? I've definitely had clients in this predicament. And what I do is encourage them to very similar to what I did with my own daughter, right? Like kids, the truth of the matter is kids really don't want to be on their PlayStations and Xbox 360s all the time. Mm -hmm. They want their parents' attention. Mm -hmm. And so if you sit down with them and let them get engaged in the process of preparing a meal. So like very similar to what my daughter and I do, right? Where um, they get to pick out a recipe and you go to the store together. And then when you're preparing the food, you kind of tell them the benefits of each of the foods that you're preparing and like what it can do for your body and like how this, you know, there's just a lot of positive reinforcement going around um, or going on in relation to these particular foods you're preparing. They get excited about it. And then they get really excited to like eat what they prepared, right? Because it's, they put a lot of their time, energy and effort into it. So suddenly Mm -hmm. it has this meaning that it didn't have if it was just like a plate that was placed in front of them. And mm-hmm. there's value in people working towards a goal, right? Like there is um, reward, there's encouragement, there's a positive feeling associated with working hard for something and seeing your um, creation come to life. Uh, and so I've had clients, one comes to mind in particular, who her son loved it so much, they ended up planning, like creating a vegetable garden in the backyard. Wow. And like that became a part of their family. Um, Like he was really into that. He loved it. So that's fantastic. The possibilities are are endless, but I just really think it's doing the stuff that most parents kind of don't want to do because we Mm want to come home after a stressful day of work and prop up our feet and order a pizza and turn on the TV. Right. But like, you know, that's fine. But then you also have the alternative 
which is like spending a, f- a few minutes a week interacting with your kids and educating them, getting them some like excited about preparing. I mean, and it can even be something like a pizza, right? Like, but just putting healthy ingredients on a pizza, mushrooms, onions, and mm-hmm. lean beef. I mean, just whatever. Really just giving them really the tools. Great advice. Yeah. Fantastic advice. Leslie. Thank you. Okay. I, I want to be respectful of your time here. Before we go, I've got a couple. We're going to do a speed round here. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? What is your I'm favorite? I'm buckling up. Okay. You buckle up. It's going to be fast. What is your favorite Southern food? Crawfish etouffee. Oh, I've never had that. So mm-hmm. I have a, I have a client actually who's from Louisiana and she made me um, sweet potato crunch for Thanksgiving. Have you oh had yeah, that? that's amazing. Of course. That's like a Thanksgiving staple. <laughs> yes. I told her she has to come to my house every year for Thanksgiving now because that was so Yeah, amazing. it's amazing. It is. That's it's one really of my favorite. Stuff. <laughs> it is really good stuff. I kind of only ate that and not the rest of the meal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you, uh, what is your favorite workout like what would it have to include if you're working out and this you're going to create like this is going to be super fun I love to do it what would it include um I like high intensity stuff but I also have to have dumbbells in the mix deadlifts are my favorite so honestly it's probably things that involve uh five to six different exercises that are more in the circuit style so uh inverted rows deadlifts push-ups squats hopping on the treadmill, running uh, full out speed for 30 seconds. I mean, just more high intensity. You like all of that uh, high intensity stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I don't want to be in the gym all day. I've been in the gym for 15 years. I have to keep it like <laughs> in and out. My workouts are like 30 minutes long and I'm done. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. I deadlifts are my favorite too, but I, I am, um, I compete in powerlifting, so I have I do them a little differently. I'm going to do them a little longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. One day a week, I do um, heavy, more like a more slow and controlled heavy lifting. Okay. And yeah, deadlifts are definitely in there because I love to lift heavy too. And you can't really do that in the circuit, right? So That's true. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot. Well, sometime we should get together and eat sweet potato crunch and deadlift. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So a book that has impacted your life. Uh, probably The Power of Habit is a big I one. I love that book. Yeah, by Charles I Duhigg. And then, yeah. and then um, I love Daring Greatly by um, Brene Brown. It's also been amazing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And so those are probably my two go-tos. But obviously Lean Habits, that's kind of the required reading mm-hmm. for all my clients. So that's a big one by Georgie Lean Fear. Lean Habits, well. Georgie Fear. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. Awesome. Okay. Best advice you've given recently. Doesn't have to be fitness related, (laughs) but it could be. I mean, isn't that kind of subjective? (laughs) Uh, And you're the one who gets to pick. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like, um, oh, that's tough because, you know, as a coach, as you know, you you reply to so many clients on a, a daily basis, but I feel like, um, the, one of the, Thing that I've most recently been talking quite a bit is about this idea of being overwhelmed and how we um, can't bother to spend the 10 minutes to come up with a plan to eliminate those feelings of being stressed or, you know, high on anxiety, feeling overwhelmed. And so I uh, recently had that conversation with a client and, and challenged her to just sit down every morning when she first gets to the office and write down a list of everything that she needs to do and highlight the first or I should say the most time sensitive, important mm-hmm. things. 
And um, she told me when she started getting into the swing of doing that, her emotional eating throughout the workday, like disappeared, right? Because she's actually taking action, eliminating, you know, me again, getting to like, what's the problem? Let's come up with a solution. And so it's been a complete game changer. And she's now steamrolling on her fat loss, just by one simple thing by like, eliminating the overwhelming feeling Mm -hmm. every day. And, and letting that be kind of um, first line of business in the morning. So you can not really find yourself emotional eating. Yeah. Yeah. I do that every morning. I sit down and I make sure I have a list of everything I need to do that day and then think like, realistically, I'm not doing all of those things. So which of those things am I actually going to do? Like number them, you know, one through three or four or five, however however many I'll get to. Um, And it really just makes it me feel better just having dumped it all out there and seeing like, all right, this is what needs to get done. This is what's actually getting done. Let's do it. All right. So on the flip side, what is the best advice you have been given recently? How recent are we talking? <laughs> as recent as you would like. <laughs> um, it could be as recent see. as like yesterday, two years ago, whichever. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I actually re- just made a post about it today. How one of the, I'll tell you, one of the most life changing pieces of advice I ever got. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's hear that. Was um, when I was working with Jordan Sight. You know, I, I would interned for him. So he would, it was never, um, Yes, he was my business coach, but he's the reason why I moved to New York City. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you if you are aware of that. So yeah, he and I, I have like a, um, a history together. But one of the most critical pieces of life-changing advice I received was from him. And it was, as I mentioned at the beginning of the call, how infographics were not really my jam, right? And so once I started creating those, um, and more recently, really kind of finding my voice and, and um being unapologetic for it, not being so informational, but even being a bit more opinion, opinionated. Mm-hmm. So people tend to be feeling more of a connection with me at that point. But the piece of advice really was, you know, don't waste your space posting a bunch of selfies that don't really offer much value to people. Create yeah. content that's like so impactful that inspires people to want to share it with their their audience, right? Because um, it yeah. really is about helping people. It's not about not about showing. You. Yeah, it's not about you. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, last question. What is your favorite word? <laughs> no, a- I don't know. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> That is a great word. Who doesn't love that word? (laughs) (laughs) Do you actually ever get to nap, though? (laughs) Um, On the weekends, I I do like to nap on occasion. But honestly, you know, I'm pretty lucky in in the way that I'm living my dream. I don't wake up um, feeling like, ugh, I don't want to do that. You know, those Monday blues. Sunday night doesn't roll around, and I'm feeling like, oh, my God, I got another. It's just none of that anymore, which is why. I cannot complain. I get to work from home in my underwear with like the best <laughs> clients in the world who come and seek me out. Right. So it's just the best. Leslie, are you thing in your ever. underwear right now? Um, I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to be pants. I like totally overrated. Come on. <laughs> they are optional when you work from home. That is true. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I think it's been a great conversation. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Where can people find you, Leslie? Um, you know, I'm pretty easy to find. 
primarily my website is lesliehooper.com. And then, of course, Instagram is where the bulk of my content happens. And that's hooper.fit. Awesome. Okay. Well, you have a great day. Thank you so much for being Thanks, here. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. That does it for episode nine of the Fitness Simplified podcast. Huge thank you to Leslie for being here with us today, and thank you for listening. I hope that you've come away with at least one thing that you can implement to help make your fitness journey more successful. If you found value in this recording, I would love it if you would leave a rating, if you would leave a comment, and of course, if you would subscribe. I will talk to you next time on the Fitness Simplified podcast.